Welcome to Hope for the Uprooted. I am so delighted you joined us today. You know that this podcast will bring you hope and encouragement as an uprooted woman. Whether you have recently moved or you're facing a move, we want you to be encouraged and to continue holding on to the anchor of Jesus Christ. And I'm just so excited about today. We have a special guest and you'll just love her dearly. And I wish we were all sitting around the coffee table in the living room where we could just ask her a million questions. But our guest today is Sharoya Ham. She lives in South Africa presently and is from New Jersey. Can you believe that? Her husband is with the Peace Corps there and they move around a lot, catch the word move around a lot. But Sharoya is a compassionate parent coach and behavior specialist and founder of Embrace Behavior Change. She specializes in helping parents move from a state of overwhelm to a place of calm and confidence. Oh, don't we all love that? Oh gosh, give us calm and confidence, Sharoya. <laughs> she works primarily with parents of tweens and teens, junior hires and teenagers who have <laughs> educational and behavioral challenges. Welcome, Soroya. We are delighted to have you today on our podcast. Thank you so much. And what an honor, Susan, to be here in this full circle moment. As I told you in private, over 20 years ago, I heard your voice on the radio saying, what do you do when the boxes are unpacked? And you just detailed all the pain points of my life at that moment. And I have just been forever grateful to be a part of your ministry. Well, you know, I was just getting ready to say, tell us your history with our ministry. And that is true. It goes back 20 years and we have been in touch throughout the years in some way or another. And I know that we have prayed for you and your family yes. on many occasions, and you have kept in touch with us. And of course, I always say, you know, when you are a part of our ministry family through prayer or being in one of our studies or we meet each other at a conference, you are family. And so uh, I immediately thought of you and you come so highly recommended as a podcast guest. And I thought, <laughs> I know her. I'm going to have her <laughs> on my podcast. But that um, was amazing how that even yeah. came to about. Yeah. Uh, came about. Yeah, yes. I know. So I am just blessed indeed. And I know that with 25 years of experience working with at risk students and their families and having three sons. Oh, my gosh. Are you ever qualified, girlfriend? Um, <laughs> you know, you can help us all, whether we're. Uh, young parents with, with little ones, whether we're going through the teen years, whether we have college students, whether we're grandmothers, stepmothers, whatever, uh, with children involved in our lives and so much a part of our lives in the family unit, uh, your skill set will be invaluable to us. So um, 
gosh, I'm just ready to jump in and I, I want to make sure that I cover key points. And uh, of course, we're focused on being on moving and being uprooted, which is, you know, a, a transition with transition comes change with change comes grief many times. And so it's kind of a domino effect. And I've always said that that uh, kids don't have the same coping skills as parents because parents will come to me and say, well, I just don't understand why he's not adjusting to this move. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have trouble adjusting to moving or being uprooted. And I can only imagine, um, you know, and have lived through traumatic times with my own children in moving. So we know that moving is especially hard on children and teens. So share some of the issues with us, Sharoya, that they face. You know, Susan, you just nailed it on, uh, on you hit the nail on the head by saying that we all experience these sometimes smooth moves and then also very um, stressful full of anxiety. Um, and so what I want to talk about is behavior in general and how it affects us, not just the children, the teens, but us as adults as well. I am a behavior specialist. And what I want to say first to all parents is that all behavior is communication. Our behavior is communication and your children's behavior is communication. So right now, what we want to focus on is what is that behavior saying? Not how our child is behaving, but what is their behavior saying? We got to take our eyes off of what it looks like, the behavior looks like, and what it's saying. So that's what I want to focus on today and give you some understanding a little bit more about what you can do when you see the two dominant emotions, and that is fear and anxiety. Our, our kids are saying, I'm scared, I'm nervous. And we're saying the same thing. <laughs> we might not say it out loud, or in, we might not even notice how it's coming out in our moods. But younger kids tend to lash out. You'll see their behavior change at home, maybe stir up more trouble between their siblings. Where teens and tweens, they may pull away because they just need time to sink this all in on their own without their parents trying to convince them this is a lovely idea. They just need to hibernate for a minute and think th this through. Where, what do we do as adults when we feel this fear and anxiety? We tend to be short-tempered, moody, you know? So it comes out and we're all saying, I am afraid because I don't have answers. And so, it is important that we give ourselves grace, we give our children grace to express those fears um, and, and just sit in that space and without trying to fix everything. So I wanna say first, we have the fear and anxiety and often that comes with catastrophizing. Um, anger, our kids will be angry and feel like we're trying to control their lives. Even, you know, teens will express that, but even little kids feel it because they they're have to leave their friends and they can't express that. I feel like you're intruding 
on what I want to do. A little kid is not going to tell you that. <laughs> but they might hit you because they resent you at that point. And think about it. The spouse who's made job for which you're leaving and going to another state or a country, the other spouse, the supporting spouse may be angry too. And what are they doing? They might not lash out at the spouse, but they might have this subtle anger. So good morning, honey. And just that's it. That's all I need to say to you. <laughs> Go to another room. So what is our behavior saying? I'm upset with you, but I dare not say it. And I, so I, that, that is a hard place to be in. It, my goodness, I'm, I'm taking notes so fast. I'm not interrupting you. I'm just taking notes. And I know everybody that's listening is because you have really addressed the core issue of communication and what is communication saying. And gosh, that's invaluable for all of us. I mean, you're talking about not just in relating to our children, but to our spouses or our friends. I mean, these are key elements in any relationship. And uh, gosh, you know, uh, I had a a teenager tell me one time, I was interviewing a lot of teenagers on moving, and he said to me, you cannot imagine the fear and anxiety, he used those words, when you walk into a high school lunchroom and there are 500 kids sitting there and you don't know any of them. And I thought to myself, boy, is that a visual. Wow, you know, maybe your school is small and you don't have but a hundred, but walking into a lunchroom where everybody's talking and oh my gosh, and you don't know them. That's but how can they express that, right? That is a, a wonderful expression of how it feels. And I think parents, um, I'm hoping by the end of this talk. I will empower you with some practical ways to pull out that expression and just sit with that for a minute. Wow, because many of us who are raising kids and, and traveling and moving frequently, we have not experienced that. And so when our kids say those things, it really is a shock because we never even thought about how that feels. And so again, I want to encourage parents today, um, take some notes because I want to give you some practical ideas of things to do to set the tone, set the environment for that type of communication. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, then let's lead right into how can parents help their children when they're facing a move or another change in life? Okay. Parents who are listening, I want you to pull close. I want you to listen real close. Because number one, I want you to ask yourself, are you settled about this move? Because if you can't answer yes, then we have to sit right there for a minute until you can get to a place where you are settled and resolved that you are going and you believe you should go. Now, this does not mean you have to be happy about it. 
because I remember the time where I wrote into you, to, to you, Susan, in the ministry and said, I have fought so hard and I'm at a place I don't know how to get settled. I don't know how to come to a place where I believe this is the best for our family. And I asked you for prayer. And it took about a month and God began to deal with me and say to me, I mean, just in his eloquent voice that speaks to the spirit. I didn't hear a grand, grand, uh, grand sound, but I heard him say, I will not take your husband somewhere where there's no place for you. Mm. Mm. So where he goes, there is a place for you. There is something I have for you. And when he spoke that to my spirit, things began to change. Now, how can you get there? So listeners, journaling is powerful. And so I have three prompts that I would like for you to consider journaling about. If you feel stuck and angry and resentful that you, you, you and your family have to move again, because you cannot communicate to the kids successfully if you're stuck, if you're angry. So what I want you to do is journal. Why am I resisting? That's number one. Just write, I'm resisting because, and let your pen express what's in your heart. Don't write from your mind, just write from your heart. Number two, why do you, what do you need from your spouse to help you be all in? What do you need from your spouse to help you be all in, just mind, body, and spirit into this move? And then three, what do you need to happen to help you move forward without resentment? What do you need to happen to help you move forward without resentment? And after you deal with that and sit and pray about it, if you're not settled, I hope you reach out for help. Talk to a friend, a pastor, a, a parent coach, whatever you need, a psychologist, a talk therapist, whatever you need to get to that place where you can say, I will go, and I will go with a, with a heart that this is what's best for our family. And what I love about what you said is um, it's kind of like putting the oxygen mask on yourself before you help your children or before you put it on them on an airplane. Um, you, you've got to be at peace and settled, not necessarily, like you said, happy, but in order to help your children, you've got to have a little sense of being settled. And then, then what would be, and I love the, I'm not a journaler, but gosh, I could sure wrestle with those questions. Were I facing <laughs> a move, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Just invaluable tips. So what are some ideas for the, for the, to get the children settled as quickly and smoothly as possible? 
Sure. So Susan, again, you set me up because what you said was you're going to get your, learn how to settle yourself down. And so what, what we do, how we parent effectively is first to demonstrate. If we can demonstrate, our teaching won't have to be so intense. So if our kids can see and they can see, they are observing, I mean, even at four, they can see that mommy or daddy is tensed about something. And if they can see you move from being anxious and frustrated to a place of calm, guess what? They see what settled look like, what settled looks like. Because if you're teaching it, you're just teaching it. It's just words. They don't really have a picture. And as you begin to say, you know what? The other day I was struggling. And you share your story with your kid on a level that they can understand. That is invaluable. I, I like to say to the young women in my life or even my peers, um, you know, children are reading the pages of your life. Live it out. That's my phrase, live it out. You don't preach it, you live it out. And what you're saying brings all of that even to the practical understanding of demonstrating it. They can sense it, see it, feel it. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and like the other thing is a picture is a thousand words. So when they have the picture of what you're talking about, mm -hmm. how, what it looks like to go from this to that, and you're asking them to do the same thing, they're like, oh, okay, it is possible. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's, that's invaluable. So the second thing I want to say, after you get yourself settled, it is to turn your house into a place of comfort by erasing fear. Now, you know, when we're trying to teach something, we always try to use acronyms. So here I want to use the word fear as an acronym because the way to erase anxiety and fear is to rearrange your thoughts. So I want to take that word fear, and when you have fear, I want you to think about this acronym. There are four steps, and here's the key. F is for fun. Fun can erase fear. Empathy can erase fear. Assurance can erase fear. And resolve can erase fear. A resolute response can erase fear. So what am I talking about? Fun. Turn your house into a place where you, your kids hear you say yes more. You're like, well, maybe my kids are acting out because you know I work with children with um, behavioral and educational challenges. And so a lot of times parents are like, what? No, you can't do your, you have to do this before you do that. And so they hear the no, but here's what you do. You lead with the yes. You say, yes, I would love for you to do that. In fact, you can do it at such and such a time, or you can say you can do it when you finish this, but you're leading with the yes. And if it's something like um, they want to go see a friend, I want parents to consider saying, yes, you can do that. And I would love for you to. You should want your kids to enjoy themselves. So, and they need to know that, that you're not just trying to be mean, because here's the thing. Back to that anger, it feels like you're trying to control their lives. 
So if you can add yes more to your way of behaving and engaging your kid, they will see that you're not trying to control them. So if they ask you, can they spend some time on the screens? Sure. When you complete this, you can do that. If they ask you um, to play outside, sure, for 25 minutes. And then I want you to set a timer for 25 minutes. You know, if they have a watch or they have a cell phone, set it so that you know it's over and you can come in and set up the table. So give them specific things to do, but leave with that yes. I love it. And the empathy and assurance and resolve, you know, touch on that. Sure. So the empathy, you're going to say your child, you know, as you're asking how they're feeling and I have a, a activity to do that. You're going to, when they reply back to you or they even say something in anger, you're going to say, thanks for sharing. I didn't know you felt that way. Wow. When I was your age, I couldn't express myself the way you did. Here's another one. What you said makes total sense. Give your child space to digest your empathy. So just say those things and sit right there. Don't say anything else. They don't often need for you to fix it. So they might walk away or lean in for a hug and then walk away. But if they say something else, then you respond. But just get quiet after you say one or two lines of empathy. And then assurance. After they say what they say, you just let them know. I've heard you. And you know what? I want to discuss this at the dinner table. Maybe we all can work together and come up with something practical. You let them know, I'm here for you. If you feel like this again, just come. I'll sit and listen. If you want me to say something, just let me know. And, and I let them know it's okay to feel that way. Don't always try to convince them to see the, to see the, the upside. No, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. But you also, the last one is a resolute response. You want to give them, this will work out. You want to assure your kids, this will work out. Why? Because life always does. It works out one or two ways, a blessing or a lesson, which turns out to be a blessing. (laughs) But they don't need to know that. Just get them in the mindset of life is going to work out. It's going to give you a blessing or a lesson. And so each way you're going to gain something. I'm so, um, I mean, I'm just seeing the, the faces of the women that are listening. I'm seeing how um, you have not only identified uh, the need that they feel in their heart to understand and what to do, but I'm also seeing that you are explaining this in a tangible way that it's possible for all parents to wrap their arms around this and to understand. Yes, so, oh gosh. Sheroy, have you ever thought about writing a book, girl? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add that to the prayer list for you yeah, guys. Right. Okay. Okay. But now, okay, specifically, what is some specific yeah. advice and then how can you encourage parents? What, what's some 
tips on that? Sure. You know, because I've explained the acronym, but now how do we put fun, empathy, assurance, and resolve into action? And first, I want to go back to the fun. I want to encourage parents. I did say to say yes more, but the other thing is the love languages. Just look up your child, have them do an assessment. If you haven't done it already, go online one child at a time, make it just a one-on-one activity where you guys assess, um, sit there and assess their love language. I think for the smaller kids, I can't remember at what age um, the assessment starts for uh, online, but the younger ones, I believe there's an online book that you can read to them and they can kind of talk to you about which one they like. So look into that and then find activities that fall within your child's love language. Because when you make the environment comfortable and enjoyable, what happens? Don't we talk to people we enjoy? Don't we get comfortable and just start saying things? <laughs> it comes out a lot easier or we, we engage the family more. But here is what I believe in 100% and that's table talk. If you're not eating dinner or breakfast together, I want to encourage you family families to designate at least once or twice a week to have table talk and make it fun. Let people earn points for for um, their responses. You know, if they respond, then they earn points. Just put a jar on the table and and put the the points inside. Each person have a cup and make it fun. The first thing I would like for people to, I will, I will send you a list. In fact, um, what we can do is people can send me an email and I can send them a cheat sheet, a smooth move checklist uh, of things that I've said today. And but to interrupt mm-hmm. you, Shawaria, we will have uh, at the end of this podcast, we will have your contact information okay. and how women can email you or go on your website, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, that'd be perfect. I would like for you guys to email me if you want the smooth move checklist and these, these questions will be on. So you don't have to write them. Just one question per meal. And remember, don't saturate. Don't do every day. Kids get bored with that once or twice a week. So the first question is, why are we moving? Everybody around the table will express why the family is moving because there you're going to get the true sentiments. <laughs> yeah, the obvious yes. might be uh, uh, that mom's job is taking us there, but your kids, especially your teen, might say it a whole nother way because you want to ruin our lives. <laughs> Yeah, they'll be honest about it. Be prepared, right? Yes, and rule is, thank you for sharing. Remember that empathy? Thank you for sharing. You're not going to try to fix it at the dinner table. If there's anything else you'd like to say, if you want to explain that more, that's appropriate. But no, well, think of it this way. Um, you know, none of that. No okay? justifying, no justifying. <laughs> no justifying. <laughs> All right. So then the next day you can say, um, tomorrow, come back to the table with one thing you learned about our new location. You bring back anything. 
but it has to be something you didn't know. So they can find out if Cinnabon is in the state that they're going to or Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there you go. You know, whatever they come back with, because that is going to give you some indication of what their interest is. Exactly. All right. And so once you get an idea of what their interest is, that's your job to seek more information and saturate the, the environment with talk about those kind of things your kids are interested in. All right. Um, another one, a prompt would be when we get there, I, you'll say to everybody, everybody has to do these uh, prompts or questions. When we get there, it would be awesome if. So everybody would um, and finish that prompt. And then here's another one. What type of friend or coworker would you like to meet? Tell us at least three attributes. Then you'll say another day. I'm most concerned. That's a prompt. You'll have everybody finish that prompt. I'm most concerned. Okay. And so on the sheet, there are many more um, prompts and questions that, but that table talk is so important. And you not only have suggested table talk, but you've given the right lead-in questions or statements to make that will encourage not only feelings, but um, action and participation. And that's yes. huge, huge. Well, wrap us up, Sharoya, with encouragement. Always. I love to end our show encouraging the women all the more. I want moms to understand, acknowledge your disappointment acknowledge your pain, acknowledge your anger. And the best way to do that healthy is to do to journal or find a friend who can understand, but who you know won't allow you to wallow. Absolutely. Yeah, there is time you to feel. And what I want you to do after you acknowledge that emotion, turn it into kindness. So here's how kindness sounds. I'm going to sit on the couch and sulk for 30 minutes, or I'm going to sit and sulk and watch TV, Netflix for two days. You decide how long it's going to be. And then you decide, then you say, okay, what is going to make you feel better? So for me, and I'll tell you how I actually do this. Sometimes when I can get so low, I know that Beating myself up is only going to make me feel worse. So I go, my go-to is ice cream. I say, I'm going to eat this ice cream today and I am going to veg out tomorrow. And then what I do is I use my kids as my accountability partners. And I'm, I'm telling you the truth. This is what I do. I go to them and I say, on Thursday, after I have my two days, on Thursday, I will give you $10 to make sure I exercise. Because I know for me, exercise will pull me out of the dumps. And it's so important for me that I'm willing to pay the kids. And honey, they do not forget. No, when it comes to money, they will not forget. <laughs> they will not forget. No. So think about how long you want to feel that emotion and sit in it. It's okay. And then decide 
what you're going to do that you know that works to pull you out and make a point to do that. You can just say a friend, have a friend call, say, can you please call me on Thursday? I just want to talk to you for 30 minutes on Thursday. Put that in advance, set it up. Be patient with yourself, pray and erase fear, fun, empathy, assurance, and resolve. And Sharoya, what I love is that you're giving us as parents permission to be real and That's not right. to hide behind the mask of, you know, everything's okay. Because we too are going through the same issues as our kids. We just mm -hmm. don't know how to express it ourselves. So how can we help them? But I will tell you, my go-to is ice cream and popcorn. <laughs> and I agree about the exercise. Oh my gosh, that pulls me up and out of myself yeah. so quickly. Gosh. And you know, again, to, to the point of demonstrating, see, when you go to your kids and say, I need you to help come to me on Thursday and, and make sure I exercise, you can, you can say, because I'm feeling in the dumps, but I'm going to give myself time. And you see, again, another opportunity to just demonstrate so they can get the picture of what that looks like, that I can feel what I feel, but then I have to behave my way to a better place. Absolutely. Wow. I'm taking some some of this straight to heart and uh, you've really been uh, practical and given lots of practical tips, but realistic perspective on moving with kids and how we can best do that. And that's what we all want is to, to help them and to, for everyone in the family to resume a normalcy of some kind, whatever that might looks, look like. I, do, I can't thank you enough for being on our show. And I want to just tell our audience that your website is all one word, embracebehaviorchange.com, right? Embrace, embracebehaviorchange.com. So that's easy to remember. Facebook is Embrace Behavior Change. And then your email, which is so important. I have a feeling you're going to be busy with email, is Sharoya, S-H-A-R-O-Y-A, at embracebehaviorchange.com. So, you know, we will have that up on the screen. But in the meantime, thank you so much. You've been a blessing to me. It's a blessing to have you as part of our ministry family. And let's stay in touch. Uh, who yes. knows? We may do this again one day. Thanks a million. God bless you. Have a great day. And hey, audience, I'm so glad you joined us. Whether you are listening as you're running or sitting at your office desk, however you are getting this podcast, I, I just pray you've been encouraged and you have hope. And you know what? It doesn't get much better than that. And we'll see you next time. Hope for the Uprooted with Susan Miller is a production of Just Move Ministry. Just Move Ministry is a nonprofit, non-denominational ministry dedicated to the emotional well-being, spiritual growth, and ongoing resilience of women uprooted by a move or other major life change. 
Susan Miller is the founder of Just Move Ministry and the author of After the Boxes Are Unpacked. Around the world, women uprooted by a move are gathering in After the Boxes Are Unpacked study groups. Together, they form friendships and find belonging in a new community while seeking to understand how God is using their move to grow and deepen them. Learn more at justmoved.org, where you can sign up for weekly words of encouragement, subscribe to Bloom, an inspirational publication, and read new articles every month that inform and inspire. Join the Just Moved community and the Just Moved community Facebook group, a place to connect with and be encouraged by other women anticipating or recovering from a move.